Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. Hi, friends. <laughs> Hi, friends. You know what's Happy. crazy? This is episode 55, and I swear we're just talking about episode 50, so that means it's been five weeks. Four weeks. It feels like it's been like a day. Time yeah. has moved so quickly and so slowly at the same time. I don't know if it's because I'm still processing last year, but the fact that it's March and like... It's less than two weeks at this point, isn't it? Isn't it like a week and a bit? It's literally, yeah, a week and a bit. I No, a week. Because March 1st is a Monday. Oh my so we God. have like let next week and that's it. Oh my God. I'm still in like last March. My work yeah. from home anniversary is coming up. Same. I was talking <laughs> about that with my uh, colleagues. We're all like, we've literally been home for almost a year. It's fucking awful. <laughs> I mean, like it is and it isn't. Like, yeah, I like working from home, but i love working from home i guess i don't like a pandemic very much i'm not enjoying that whole pandemic thing (laughs) especially when people don't fucking leave us alone so like when you're outside and you're like your dog's so cute can i pet your dog and i'm like no go away you can pet my dog with a six foot pole you can't Uh, touch my dog (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we don't really have like no one's really out in our neighborhood we have a lot of old people in our neighborhood so it's just quiet and lonely (laughs) We watch the school kids play in the schoolyard and none of them are wearing masks and they're all grouped together and they're having like playtime in the snow. And I'm like, this is the reason why this won't go away. I try not to talk about things like like this whole pandemic thing because like no matter what you say, someone's going to get pissed. There's no making everybody happy in this situation. And I get that. The school should not be open right now and we should not be lifting lockdown right now. I'm sorry. Like They're only opening it because it's like a daycare essentially yeah people are sick of of watching their kids people are sick of being having to watch their children and i get it it's hard and you're teaching them it's difficult whatever it's awful but like they shouldn't have opened it up like no it's too soon uh within one day there was 24 cases in our area just in the schools so the children (laughs) like and they're not they're not getting sick so the children are are like asymptomatic but they're the carriers and like until they could more live with people... like their grandparents and bring it home to them like you never know <laughs> <laughs> you i commercial? shouldn't laugh but like it's like ugh, i'm just so tired of it like until there's a higher percentage of people who are uh immunized like we shouldn't be opening shit like this yeah but at the same rate like i get it businesses are suffering people are losing their jobs i fucking get it but like this will never end if we keep doing this i keep saying we'll be in lockdown before april <laughs> oh gosh yeah we're gonna have a 2.0 of it like a no- lockdown Th- that's three. 3.0 isn't it that'll be three yeah. Woo, yep. round three ding ding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that means it's, it's gonna be a fucking knockout and we're fucked yeah no literally <laughs> if we go into round three i'm just not coming out of my house i don't yeah. care i don't care if there's zero percent covid i'm just not coming out anymore i don't trust y'all <laughs> like- <laughs> It's so true. Uh, I told my work, I was like, I don't want to come back for five days yet. I don't, I don't trust it. Like it's too, because <laughs> I'm going to no. get into a routine and they're going to take it away from me again. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. I'm frazzled and I'm not enjoying myself. That's no. it, the end. There's my That's rant it. for the week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have much to rant on or anything uh, to talk about besides spooky shit. I already told you, but I'll tell them Kim and Kanye got a divorce. That's like it. That's, That's it, man groundbreaking i'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast cares very much about kim and kanye uh, it's just that's like the demographic <laughs> i want to get like a cricket sound everyone just, just stops listening right to the here. episode now <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> you should find a cricket sound. That would be fucking yeah. hilarious. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. That was the highlight of my day. No, I don't. Shit sucks, man. I guess we'll it just does. talk about murder. <laughs> I think yeah. I think we'll give you okay. a, a non-rant episode. You're welcome. I feel like we sound so miserable all the time, but I promise I'm not that miserable. I am today. I'm very miserable today, and I'm not telling you why, but I am. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I know why. It's because life sucks. Yeah. Um, so I guess murder. I guess that's it, man. Um, so today's case that I'm covering. Hi, I'm Holly. We're talking about murder. Um. So this guy is a serial killer who operated in California in the 70s, which, as we know, was, like, peak period for serial killers for whatever reason. Um, Herbert Mullen, uh, he isn't one of the big names, but his crimes were twisted nonetheless, and that's what landed him here on this podcast. Uh, So Herbert was born in Salinas, California on April 18th, 1947, but moved to a farming community outside San Francisco when he was five. Um, Honestly, goals. Uh, (laughs) Danielle and I have a dream where we win the lottery and we buy this like giant plot of land and put two houses on it because like we need our alone time. Normally, I wouldn't mind sharing a house with you, but if I won the lottery, I feel like a separate house is okay. Um, have, winning the lottery, I could have five houses. That's true. We'll have a different house for each mood. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then that. we're just going to fill the property with, like, different farm animals. That's it. Yeah. That's our dream. Um, and then, like, Stuart and Carl are farm animals. Oh, yeah, them. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, So he grew up in a fairly normal home, but it was noted that his father, Martin, was, like, really, really strict. He was a World War II veteran. Um, They said he wasn't abusive, but, like, really, really hard on his kids. Um, I'm guessing he – okay, this is me hypothesizing. Is that the word? Guessing. I'm guessing. Um, So they mentioned that (laughs) – See, hypothetically is the word, but I know I think there's a verb for that when you're like you're hypothesizing. You were the English major, not me. I'm also a stoner and have a terrible memory. It's a terrible combination. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, my guess here is that he kind of treated them like they were also in the army kind of thing. Like he was just very hard on them. Like tuck your shirt in, whatever. Tucking your shirt in is hard. Um, (laughs) Yeah. This is where our brain, this is where we are. We're at My brain week. is fucking mush today. I had a really busy day. <laughs> um, the family later moved to Santa Cruz County where Herbert attended high school. He was popular, had a girlfriend and played varsity football. He was even voted most likely to succeed in his yearbook. So he was your typical jock and so far not really your typical serial killer. Um, After graduating in 1965, he went to college and studied engineering and considered following in his father's footsteps in the military. His life was normal until one fateful day in 1965. Um, So this is after his graduation. Herbert's best friend, Dean Richardson, was killed in a car accident. This affected Herbert greatly. Uh, Friends and family noted that his behavior changed entirely. He began spending several hours at a time alone in his room uh, where he was building shrines to honor his late friend. And I feel like I shouldn't make a joke here, but if you ever die on me, I'm absolutely doing the same thing. I was going Um, to say that. I'm like, I'd make you a shrine. You'd have the best shrine. It'd be like huge i don't know what's in it yet but just trust me it's great um i'm gonna make a pinterest board of holly's shrine oh my god i love that (laughs) i know what i'm doing tonight (laughs) 
Shit, I lost it. Shrines. Um, he began talking about the concept of reincarnation, which is terrifying, and believed that his friend's death was all part of some cosmic plan. Uh, his beliefs had changed so drastically that he dropped his college major and began taking philosophy and Eastern religious studies instead. So this obviously had a huge impact on him. I was going to um, say, what, like, like well, I understand losing your friend is, like, like traumatic, but, like, that was the trigger for all of this like total like 180 he spiraled and he spiraled fast like this i'm we're still in like 1965 and he's like changed his major uh he's doing all these shrines uh they go into more detail in the article i read but he like he basically wanted to be like frankenstein's the wait the doctor is frankenstein yeah he wanted to be frankenstein and like reincarnate people uh he became like super paranoid and thought like the government was watching him and all this stuff like he spiraled fast and again shouldn't make a joke but if you ever die on me same (laughs) (laughs) gonna wear a tinfoil hat everywhere i go oh my god um in 1968 he broke up with his girlfriend so this is still his high school girlfriend uh confessing that he believed he was gay the next year he allowed his family to commit him to the mendocito state hospital which is a psychiatric institution but he didn't last uh, very long there he's only there for like a few weeks before he fled um so the the whole point of this uh sending him to the hospital i believe was like a gay conversion therapy type thing uh which is fucking awful uh so he did not last long there he spent the next few years traveling around california working odd jobs and spending short periods of time in various mental institutions so he was in and out of the system quite frequently uh he randomly became a boxer for a little while which i noticed like a lot of the cases that i cover the guys are boxers for some reason i don't know if that's how they start to vent their rage and then it turns into murder but i thought it was yeah i thought it was weird um but he had to be forcibly removed from the ring one match when he would not stop beating his downed opponent so they dung the bell the ref was there they're like okay stop and he just wouldn't yeah so he like snapped so um that ended his boxing career i can Um, imagine why yeah after that fiasco herbert was drawn to different ways of channeling his grief he practiced different kinds of hippie activities such as yoga meditation uh macrobiotic diets which is like a weird thing where like whatever you put in your body has to come from the earth or something i was trying to read about it but it was i went down a rabbit hole and yeah you google it um he (laughs) (laughs) he attempted to join a priesthood uh he started protesting for the legalization of lsd and marijuana and of course he dabbled in the use of lsd and marijuana um alongside meth which is probably a really good combination um that sounds like a scary combo yeah lsd marijuana and meth like you would see god (laughs) yeah Uh, Herbert started unraveling, for lack of a better term. He would say things that just didn't make sense, such as claims that he was, quote, by everything. This would include bisexual, bipolitical, bicultural, bispiritual, and even biracial, which he was not. He was just a white dude, but he told people he was biracial. Um, So he had this weird thing with being by things. Um, His mental health plummeted until he was eventually evicted from one of his apartments for pounding on the floor and shouting at people that weren't actually there um does he have like schizophrenia i'm starting to think that i didn't see anything about diagnoses diagnoses um in his like in the article i read but it sounds like he's got something yeah um 
On January 15th, 1973, Herbert tried to enlist in the U.S. Marine Corps in an attempt to sort his life out. He actually passed a physical and psychiatric exam somehow, but he was rejected when his extensive record of arrests and bizarre behavior was discovered. So he was he had, like, petty arrests just for, like, erratic behavior and stuff. Okay. Um, when Herbert got the news of his rejection, he reacted by spiraling further in his delusions. He claimed that this was all part of a conspiracy against him to ruin his life. Uh, he had also applied to the Coast Guard, but he did fail their psychiatric exam. In a later interview, Herbert claimed that these rejections are actually what caused him to be the serial killer he would later become. So not his friend's death, but this rejection from the army is what he says was the trigger. Which, like, I, I mean, can kind of see that. Yeah, I was like, that's... If you're I trying to say, better yourself, if you have so many years of acting this way and you're trying to better yourself just to get shut down again. Mm-hmm. Be, I don't think maybe hard. the army was the best place to find that, but like no, he tried. But, yeah. Um, over time, uh, Holbert. <laughs> over time, Herbert began suffering from schizophrenic delusions. Actually, I lied to you. He was schizophrenic. Knew it. Um, <laughs> I don't remember writing that. <laughs> You were stoned. Uh, In all fairness, I wrote this on Monday. Um, So he would hear voices that allegedly told him to kill. He ignored the voices until October 1972 when he snapped and beat a hitchhiking man to death with a baseball bat. The man was later identified as a homeless man named Lawrence White. Less than two weeks later, he picked up another hitchhiker, this time a woman named Mary Goldfoyle. Goldfoyle. I forgot to look that up. I'm so sorry. Um, Graphic warning here. Uh, He stabbed her inside the car, puncturing her heart in the process. He dumped her body in the woods by the roadside, dissected her, and hung her intestines in the tree branches to examine them for what he called pollution. What the fuck? Yeah. So he's he's on some fucked up shit right now. Um, Mary's remains weren't found for several months. And when they were discovered, her murder was initially tied to notorious serial killer Edmund Kemper, who was also active in Santa Cruz at the time. Fun true crime fact here. The pair were both arrested around the same time and were actually held in cells beside each other at the prison. Uh, During their time together, Edmund Kemper would allegedly chirp Herbert, saying that he took all of his good dumping sites yeah right okay just casual serial killer talk man you took that stump over there i'm pissed like yeah that was my spot (laughs) um but i thought it was kind of cool that like there's all these parallels in the 70s like at some point they're all intertwined um 70s was a fucking it was crazy time wild i have a theory that we're gonna get another boom in the next like 10 20 years uh because like serial killers and stuff like that tend to follow economic hardship and we're in some serious economic hardship right now. So, like, I shouldn't sound as excited as I am, but I think we're going to see something like the 70s again. Maybe not as as intense, but something's going to happen. I just thought um, you meant, like, all the kids that ate Tide Pods were just going to go nuts and kill everybody. That, too. That, too. Well, I, I've, I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before. I have a theory about all these kids who are lacking socialization right now. Yeah socialization is like a huge part of development development part of me and babies and stuff so like if you had a newborn in 2020 and you have not introduced your newborn to anybody except you (laughs) you've created a serial killer (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) she said it (laughs) four days after killing mary herbert went to the saint mary's catholic church and made a confession to a priest named father henry tomei he ended up stabbing father henry to death and fled the scene In an attempt to cure himself of whatever was causing these delusions, Herbert quit taking drugs. Um, He kind of quit uh, told 
Kirky is what I was going to say there. That's exactly what that is. He quit cold turkey. So unfortunately, this kind of had the opposite effect on him and his delusions became much, much worse. Uh, He decided to seek revenge in the most logical place he could think of in his altered state, his high school pot dealer. Uh, his what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> his delusions. I know. <laughs> his delusions led him to believe that uh, Jim Genera, who was the dealer, was the cause of his downfall because he sold him weed in high school, which led to his life of addiction and mental illness. Um, on January twenty fifth, nineteen seventy three, he went to the last known address of Jim, uh, which was a cabin near the Mystery Spot, which is an attraction in Santa Cruz. When he got there, he found a woman inside named Kathy Francis, who was staying in the cabin with her two young sons. David was nine, and Damon was only four. Uh, he got Jim's new address from this woman, Kathy. Katie, Kathy. <laughs> fuck not Are having you a good day man <laughs> no i'm kidding i fucking wish um <laughs> so the the details of this night are kind of foggy and the exact timing is unknown but at some point during that night herbert drove to jim's new house shot both jim and his wife joan and then stabbed them repeatedly post-mortem so he continued going after they had died um that's just he, rage <laughs> he like- also at yeah oh yeah um he also at some point returned to the cabin or initially killed kathy in the first place but he killed kathy and her two sons uh in the same manner um same way he shot them and stabbed them post-mortem as well um so it's uh, it's unclear who he killed first the best guess is that he killed kathy first and then drove to jim's instead of going back and forth but it's it's unknown um so it turns out Either way, he did it. Um, It turns out that Kathy's husband was a well-known drug dealer as well. So both murders were originally thought to be drug-related, and Herbert was never a suspect at the time. So it just so happened that these two notorious drug dealers in the neighborhood got killed. So they were like, ah, gangs. That's freaking (laughs) crazy. That's the cops not doing their job. Absolutely. Uh, Less than two weeks later, on February 6th, 1973, Herbert was hiking uh, in Henry Cowell State Park when he saw four teenage boys hanging out on their campsite. The boys were David Oliker, who was 18, Robert Spector, also 18, Brian Card, who was 19, and Mark Drabelis who was 15 uh herbert approached the boys pretending to be a park ranger he yelled at them claiming they were quote polluting the forest um and i noticed that this was the second time that he had said something about pollution because he was looking for pollution in that woman's intestines so i don't know if that was like a new weird like delusion that he had come up with um so he uh the boys basically told herbert to get bent because they knew he wasn't a park ranger uh and then herbert pulled out a 22 caliber rifle shot all four boys and left from left them for dead in their tents um in a later interview with the police herbert claimed that he asked the boys telepathically if he could kill them and he alleges that they all say yes i doubt that but okay i also doubt that yeah um can you imagine like like my defense is i asked them first in my head and they um, answered in my head jeez um not crazy we- at all not like <laughs> A week later, on February 13th, 1973, he used the same rifle from the campsite to shoot and kill a 72-year-old man named Fred Perez. Uh, The last killing was seemingly random, as Herbert shot Fred from a car while he was doing work on his driveway. So he didn't know this Fred guy. He was just driving by and just shot him. He's like, this is a good idea. I'm going to do this now. What an asshole. 
he is an asshole. The murder was witnessed by a neighbor who called 911 and was able to give the operator a license plate number. So officers found the vehicle and Herbert Mullins and arrested him the same day. Herbert was cooperative with officers until they arrived to the station. He refused to take the questioning seriously and would just yell silence every time an officer asked a question. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't imagine. It's just like the frustration of dealing with someone like this. Um, Herbert never made things easier throughout the entire questioning and eventual trial period. His claims grew wilder every day, with his largest claim being that he was actually helping to stop disastrous earthquakes from striking California every time he killed a victim. Uh, That's so how it he, works. I'm just saying. Yeah, he uh, allegedly could predict when a big earthquake was coming, and the voice in his head said, if you kill someone, I'll stop this earthquake. So he told police that he had actually saved thousands of lives by taking the 13 that he did. Um, he went on okay. to claim that voices, including his father's, had ordered him to kill for the greater good. Uh, Mullen constantly ranted and spent a considerable amount of time, uh, like, writing crazy, not crazy things, but, like, writing theories and stuff down on papers. And, like, he just was kind of manic throughout his whole questioning period. And it was mm -hmm. very hard to get anything out of him. Uh, his I'm lawyer was... by that. Yeah. His lawyer would later tell the court that his delusions had started at the age of six when his parents allegedly suppressed Herbert's bisexuality at a young age. So that was kind of interesting to me because throughout uh, the article, it mentions that he kind of struggled with his sexuality or at least like had delusions about his sexuality. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case and he had said something at age six that like maybe he was into dudes and his parents suppressed that like this mental illness could have been brewing for a very long time. I think, like, what if the fact that he maybe he was, like, in love with his best friend? I definitely think that's possible because it, he took it, like, very, very hard. And, like, yeah. that's not to say that friends can't can't be that way, but just given the, the way things went. And, you know, he broke up with his girlfriend saying he was gay. Uh, he had that weird thing about being by everything. Like, it's kind of the undertone is there. Yeah. Um, it just, it's just crazy. It, sorry, I just had, like, a random that's thought. That's okay. Like, <laughs> imagine like him applying to the army and they were just like well we can't have you in the army because all of like we see like all like the reports on you and stuff mm -hmm. and like why don't we just try to help you and then you'd there think, wouldn't right? be a serial killer you'd think i think he's he's very much a case of falling through the cracks in the system like he should not okay so i i don't think he should have been in the hospital for gay conversion therapy don't get me oh, wrong gosh, but no. he should not have been allowed to leave the hospital in that state like, in the state he was in. And the fact that he was in and out of the system frequently, like, I think he's just one of those that fell through the cracks and became more and more dangerous as he became more and more sick. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate. I'm not defending what he did. It's just, it's just unfortunate and shitty. Um, so Herbert eventually took the stand in his own defense and preached to the courtroom that there was a grand conspiracy to prevent him from becoming, quote, too powerful in his next life which was just one part of his reincarnation theories originally spawned by his friend's death. So he thought that he was meant to become this like godlike being in a next life. And mm -hmm. all of these bad things that happened were meant to prevent him from becoming that. Um, he also claimed that because Einstein died on his birthday, he was therefore the quote designated leader of my generation. When asked about the killings huh. themselves, <laughs> yeah. Um, when asked about the killing themselves, Herbert repeated that he asked uh, telepathic permission to kill his victims. A direct quote from his time on the stand, quote, every homo sapien communicates telepathically. It's just not accepted socially. 
So I can imagine that courtroom was uh, probably very frustrating to be in because it's there's no sense coming out of him. I would hate to be the family in that situation, like the family yeah. one of the victims. Like I, I would hope the family was not in the court that day. Yeah, I think um, so too. Originally, Herbert was only charged with six counts of murder. So this would be for the Francis family and the Generis family. So the, the cabin, uh, the drug dealer, and Fred Perez. Okay. Uh, but four days into the proceedings, the bodies of the campers were found in their tents. Um, Herbert confessed to that. Herbert also confessed, confessed to the three uh, earlier murders, but he was never charged with those for some reason. I'm guessing because they were homeless and they were... Um, hitchhiking and all that stuff people i guess just didn't care um which is terrible like oh yeah still for human sure. beings absolutely i i thought that was really weird that they didn't charge him like he admitted to, to them they found the bodies like it's i mean i know he's in jail forever but i feel like they should still put a charge there yeah. um so his defense pled insanity, but the jury noted that there was some matter of premeditation involved in the killing of the Francis and Generis family. In the end, the jury found Herbert Mullen guilty on eight counts of second-degree murder and two counts of first-degree murder for the death of uh, Kathy Francis and Jim Genera. So they're they're saying that he had to have thought that out because why would he kill his like high school drug dealer? Yeah. Um, he was sentenced to life in prison. He has applied for parole 10 times since 1980 and has been denied each time. Apparently, he's up again at some point in 2021. So here's to hoping that he's denied at that point, too. Um, the article I read basically said he's never getting out. So I don't think he has a chance. Uh, yeah. He's currently 74 years old and he's being held at Mule Creek State Prison. How is his mental health now? Do we know? Like, I don't know the help that he needs. I'm interested to look into that. I would like to see something about that. I'm I, I'm guessing because they've denied parole this many times that I I would say it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, but that's a good question. I would like to look into that. Yeah. I mean, at least, at least, like I'm obviously not condoning anything that he's done and stuff. But at the same time, I hope he still gets help. <laughs> yeah. Well, like like we always say, that's supposed to be the point of prison is rehabilitation. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm Googling. I want to see if he's better now. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the whole point of prison is supposed to be rehabilitation. So like, ideally, we want him to get the help. But then there's still that, oh, he killed a lot of people and he killed them very brutally. Like, yeah leaves a sour taste in your mouth a little especially bit especially a four-year-old and a two-year-old or nine and four nine yeah. and four oh my bad yeah oh yeah i forgot to put it in here but uh apparently uh criminal minds there's like fucking 20 episodes that are all inspired by him so it's not about him but it's like they took uh from parts of his like delusions and his psychosis and stuff and used that in their killers in their uh yeah. episodes and i thought that was cool took like aspects of his life and kind of like shoved it into a tv show exactly um he was doing behavior modification treatment but it doesn't say whether or not it was successful okay <laughs> so that's yeah that was herbert uh so i had never heard of him and i thought it was kind of cool that he was active at the same time as these big dogs but was kind of quieter for lack of yeah. a better term swept under the rug a bit yeah yeah yeah, poor, I don't know poor, about him at all. Poor Herbert. Like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> that was sarcasm. I hope people realize that. They're probably like, these bitches. Yeah. Like, we, I feel like we say this every week. By now, the people who listen just know. <laughs> like, just know. Yeah, just, just know. know. The type of people we are. <laughs> that one's fucked up, though. Like, it's like, 
it's so hard because I think it's such a like traumatic story and there's so many deaths and in such brutal ways but then he's so sick yeah it's it's whenever i hear cases like this i always wonder like what if someone helped them when they were kids like yeah would it have been better probably like so i just i don't know it makes me sad when people fall through the cracks but then at the same time like it's hard to feel sad for a serial killer yeah it's very weird doing true crimey things man right it's very weird (laughs) especially as a libra no god you haven't said that in so long i know (laughs) i felt good um just so we all know holly's a libra just so everybody knows in case you forgot yeah spooky time nap time (laughs) fucking just got like i just got kicked in the face (laughs) sleep (laughs) okay so this week i'm gonna kind of do like a mashup of a canadian lore um so i originally and i'm still talking about the wakila and but however the area this creature is said to be found also has some like real mystery to it um so it's just like a great old spooky mashup and cool that's what we're gonna talk about um, so now the Wahila is said to be this massive wolf that stands like four feet tall. Like it's just fucking mad. I think that's tall to me. I don't know. Like how- on its, on its like fours. Yeah. On- yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. And that's just to its shoulders. It's not like its head. Yeah. That's bigger than Rupert. And, um, so it's pure white. Its hind legs are like shorter than its front legs, but its feet are extremely massive when you compare it to like a normal sized wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wahila may like look like a wolf but it doesn't like take on like their pack mentality because it actually hunts alone um yeah it's said to live mainly in the northwest territories but it can be seen all over canada and even go as far as like alaska and some of the other states in the u.s of a i wrote it again the u.s of a (laughs) (laughs) and then i wrote um but then again they thought the chupacabra was a coyote with mange so we aren't too sure of the (laughs) authenticity of these reports in the we states can't trust any creature that comes out of america anymore <laughs> and then i wrote in brackets again this is a joke just love me and i swear it's a joke but it's hilarious <laughs> um but again most cases are in the northwest territories in nahani valley so this valley has like its mysterious ways and i'll get to that in a hot second but it's just it's this whole thing is fucked up um <laughs> so the wahila's best trait is ripping people's heads off oh great not eating them just this massive like dire wolf type thing being like a serial killer ripping people's heads off amazing kind of here for it and doesn't Um, eat any like does he eat anything or he just like leaves it i think i think he would but like some of the there's cases with this 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 story and it's just decapitation so great yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's some like game of thrones shit happening in the nahani valley apparently um <laughs> holly's just like i haven't seen game of thrones so i have no idea what i watched about. like the first like four episodes maybe maybe girl maybe. just watch everything except the last season you'll be fine <sighs> there's too many people in it there's too many characters i kept losing track <laughs> oh my god you're ridiculous <laughs> i need a show about that's why i watch true crime documentaries it's about one person at a time <laughs> yeah you're like my mental my, my i can't focus that's too all many I people i'm antisocial. i don't want to watch that many people yes. <laughs> i honestly watch game of thrones and i still don't remember their names so i'm right with you see and they all have like weird names that i yeah. will never remember yep um so the wahila actually appears in the inuit legends um but by a different name in their culture the wahila is actually called an amarok 
and I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, um, but they're like pretty similar in their like history. So the Amarok is um, like a massive wolf that stalks and eats any person that it comes in contact with, mainly aiming for people who are like hunting alone at night. Um, so again, this wolf doesn't hunt in a pack like the wolves we know today. It hunts alone. Um, so very similar traits. Uh, so the Wahila is believed to be like an evil spirit with supernatural powers. And it's believed this creature was created um, along with the Amarok as a way to keep people safe and away from getting attacked by wolves. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So like the the locals in the Nahali Valley, um, not necessarily to say that and like these these stories of these creatures, um, as we know, a lot of these stories are just to protect their people right yeah because like especially back then like one person goes hunting out alone and the wolf pack comes after you you're fucked yeah uh, so that's what it's kind of that's what the lure kind of states um so the nahali the nahani valley so it's a national park reserve it's located in the northwest territories which is in canada it's about um 1100 square miles which to me sounds big so it sounds pretty big to me yeah <laughs> it was named a national park in 1976 and in 1978 it's noted as also a heritage site oh cool now this place looks absolutely beautiful there's plenty of mountains canyons caves waterfalls and just like untouched like unexplored land um inside the nahali fat wow inside the nahani valley there is virginia falls which is twice as high as niagara falls oh wow yeah it's fucking huge um so the nahani comes from the dean the den tribe again i apologize pronouncing it wrong um who lived in this area for thousands of years um so this valley has been nicknamed dead men valley headless creek funeral range and there is a gorge located in this valley, which is nicknamed Valley of the Headless Men. Amazing. Yeah. Li- most- what well, was it? Headless Creek? Was it that? Was it? Yeah. Headless Creek. I like Creek. that one. That one's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so most people avoid this gorge and like this area because there's a reason why this it's nicknamed this. it's called this. Headless Creek. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so let's get into why these names have come up. So in 1904, Frank and Willie McLeod... Um, who were brothers, set out to travel to the Klondike, which is, I believe, in the Yukon. Um, and in doing so, they had to go through the Nahani Valley. So I believe they started from Edmonton, where they lived. Um, they ended up reaching the Nahani Valley, and in doing so, found gold and decided to stay there for a bit. So they didn't end up like making to the Klondike. They're like, fuck this, we found gold. I would do the same. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, especially in 1904. Like, you've literally, you're fucking rich. Yeah. Um, so they obviously weren't prepped to go gold mining. So they returned home and went back in 1905, very much prepped to go. Um, however, they were never heard from again. Oh, so, no. yeah. So their brother, Charlie, decided to get a search party together to go look for his brothers in this valley. This happened in 1908. So quite a few years after they gone missing. Um, Charlie and this group got there and a few days in, they ended up finding two skeletons at a camp at the river's edge. Both skeletons were decapitated, and it was confirmed it was Frank and Willie McLeod. Oh, wow. Yeah. So apparently one skeleton had been reaching for the gun when he was killed. Yeah. So That's and so other creepy. One, yeah. And the other one kind of seemed like it was, like, falling out of his, like, bed. Like, he was, like, startled and trying to, like, get up wow. quickly. Yeah. And also the heads were never found. Oh. Yeah. After so, like, he the, maybe ate the heads? Maybe. We never know. <laughs> Um, so after this, the area was called Headless Creek and Dead Men Valley. So that's where those nicknames came from. 
Yeah. Um, in 19... 19- Some- Sorry? I was just going to say they summed it up well. <laughs> yeah. That's like right to the point. This is Headless Creek. This is yeah. where we found it. And that's where we found dead men. So we're going to call it dead men. Dead men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's how we name stuff over here. It's just Absolutely. Straight to the point. Um, in 1917, another gentleman unfortunately met the same fate as the McLeod brothers. Martin George Jensen uh, heard about this precious gold tucked away in the Nahani Valley. Um, so they started calling this place like the lost mcloyd gold mine because apparently these these brothers like found gold like they Mm -hmm. struck gold and there was a shit ton of it so everyone wanted to find this makeshift gold mine that these brothers were talking about and so it's been on the hunt to be looked for for forever um so he wanted a piece for piece of it for himself um he mailed the letter to his family saying he struck it rich so i guess he had found it and mailed yeah. his letter off however martin was found decapitated outside his cabin his cabin was also burnt down wow so no one wants anyone getting to this gold mine yeah yeah creepy then oh, that almost makes you think that there's like a is is tribe the correct word like a like a tribe or something that's like protecting the gold mm-hmm, like yeah and then they created like the the lore to like kind of cover it maybe maybe interesting you never know some people do say that like the locals and like or like the the native tribe that does reside there but like they're not evil people so i don't see it being a thing but like some people say it's a thing i don't know i didn't write it in my script because i was like ah no Uh, (laughs) we're here it's not necessarily evil though if they're like protecting what they believe is theirs exactly especially if there's something evil in that gold mine oh you never know yeah um so there so were layers to this spooky onion yo oh gosh yeah um so now there was reports in the newspaper after this death and there were um and i quote like headhunters in the area killing people after like going after this lost gold mine so that's what these reports were saying is like people were trying to find this gold mine and these people didn't want them to find it so they were killing them and these this was actually in the newspapers this was on the radio this was a huge story back then um, in 1945, a miner from Ontario was actually also found decapitated inside Ooh. a sleeping bag in the Nahani Valley. His name was unknown, so he's kind of our John Doe. Is it John Doe? Yep. Is that what they're called? Nailed it. Sweet. Um, <laughs> um, in 1962, there was a plane crash of just like one of those like small private planes that only sits yeah. like two people. Yeah. Um, like a bush plane, I guess. Um, I literally wrote on here, I don't know the names of planes, so hopefully you guys get it. <laughs> I was apparently drunk when I wrote this. I don't know. I don't remember writing that. <laughs> I Because I, I had a talk oh, with a Stuart, week. and I'm like, what the fuck is this plane called? But I just said it like a bush plane. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just dumb. It's fine. Shit <laughs> it's happens. Fine. It's, it's fine. Um, so now the pilot actually survived this crash and did what he could to survive and hopefully be found. So during this, he had a diary and he wrote in it every single day. However, he when he like he was never found like his body was never found Uh, his campsite was found though so and so was his diary so according to his diary he was stranded for 50 days before his last entry in this book and then he never wrote it in again um his plane and his camp was found six months after his disappearance and he has still to this day never been found wow they have no idea where he went and he obviously survived if he's writing in his diary yeah did he write anything of interest in his diary uh nothing crazy no just no surviving <laughs> just surviving just man. surviving man <laughs> so kill the fish today yeah that's it I, I caught a fish you guys i get to eat that would be me i'd be so excited because i would die in like two days 
Um, so now 44 people have gone missing in this valley of headless men, and to this day, the cause is completely unknown. They're either found decapitated or just go missing altogether, and these deaths and missing reports are all investigated by the RCMP, um, so that's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. They don't just ride horses. Apparently, they do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we say that every time we talk about that. Because it's still so shocking to me. Wait, do, have we ever explained the reference as to why we say that? For those who may not know, I don't know if we've ever explained this, um, they're literally in, like, every parade ever, and they just ride really pretty ponies, and they wear, like, these really, like, crisp-looking outfits, and that's all we ever see of the RCMP. Yeah. They're just in parades. So, I feel they, like they're they more, do work, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they're, like, more out west than us. Yeah. And whereas, like, in Ontario, it's just, like, not here. Because, like, you, you want to chase me down on a horse on a street? Sure. Yeah, I give up. Yeah, like... <laughs> whatever (laughs) but like out west it makes sense to me yeah i know they i think they're kind of like our fbi like they probably do more behind the scenes than we know about but yeah Yeah. the only time we ever see them is in parades that's it and they wear like horse boots and like i don't know i don't see them running in those their pants people used to make fun of me because so their pants are like really tight from like the calf down but they have this like weird like wide part at like the the outer thigh and the hip and like i just look like that yeah i just look like that naturally so like people used to say i looked like i was wearing rcmp pants and stuff and i'm like wow that's fucking rude i was like that's (laughs) fuck i'm mad right now who the fuck would say that i mean i do kind of look like i'm wearing rcmp pants (laughs) a little bit but actually they're copying you right they got it from me they got it from me (laughs) fucking let's sue them so now that you know about the rcmp and my fat ass let's keep going (laughs) (laughs) good god i love you (laughs) um so some people blame it on like grizzly bears um like the regular wars like men fighting for this gold because like it a lot of this happened during like the gold rush so some people are just like it's just men killing each other for some gold um, and others blame it on the supernatural, like the serial killer, Wahila. Um, so now there is a report from the RCMP that claims they found the person who decapitated the two brothers and that Martin guy. So in 1931, a local trapper uh, accused a man, Albert Johnson, of tampering with his traps and basically like tearing them apart. Um, <laughs> I wrote Albert Johnson and then in the second word I wrote Alberta Johnson. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. One day we'll learn to proofread, but um, no, it, it's funnier this way. <laughs> yeah, you, you get to it's you like get a surprise to... every time. If you like have a little bit too much wine, or you get a little bit too stoned when you write, and then like you're reading it on Friday, you're like, huh? Like... <laughs> you're like, what was going on in my brain this time? <laughs> um, so um, I almost said it again. So Albert Johnson lived in a cabin about forty miles from the Nahani Valley, and he was reportedly like obsessed with finding the McLeod's lost mine. So now the locals notified the RCMP and Constable Alfred King and Special Constable Joe Bernard. Um, so they hiked up uh, to Albert's cabin. Um, Albert refused to talk to them, like to talk to these constables. Um, so the constables left and came back five days later with a warrant and two additional cops with them. Um, at first, Albert, again, refused to talk to them. But when they presented him with the warrant, he shot Constable King and took off. Oh. Yeah, so the constable survived, but there was a month foot chase after Albert. A month? A month. That's how big this fucking valley is that they can just, like, dip. They're like, goodbye. Yeah. Insane. And also, it's in, like, 1931. There's one. I don't even think cars were there. 
you're not fucking getting through it with a car anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's no, like, helicopter radar or anything. No. Like, 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 the thermal tracking. Like, that doesn't yeah. exist. Um, so, they add, so, they did the foot chase for a month after Albert, and he ended up being fatally shot on Eagle River in the Yukon, so he fucking dipped. He, he booked it, yeah. yeah. Um, so, through the search of his possessions, he was found to have gold teeth that were apparently from the men found in Headless Valley. <gasps> So now he was never formally charged with the murders, but it was noted on the file that he could have murdered these men and could have been involved. Um, I don't see a lot of evidence for it. Maybe he was just like a sketchball and then like stole people's teeth and dipped. Yeah. Um, but then again, like meds, these men's heads were never found. So like, how could you say they were their uh, teeth? What did he do with them? Yeah, that too. <laughs> like if like where, where's the heads? And how do you know it's their teeth, you know, without a head? Like, how do you... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. They might have some sort of dental record back then. I don't... Maybe. I don't know. Like, they're just, like, gold teeth. And I'm like, then sell the gold teeth if you are obsessed with finding this mine. Like, I don't know. Ew. (laughs) I'm just trying to think of, like, pulling gold teeth out of a head. And it is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, But today... Uh, many of the locals blame the Wahila for the decapitations and the missing men and women in this valley. Because, men again, there's, like, 44 people missing. Um, mm. Some people just blame, like, the wildlife in the area, which is totally fair, too. Um, I would also say, like, just note that, like, it's untouched land. It's very dense forest. Yeah. Which could play a part into it as well. Like, people are just never found. They could get lost. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. However, so in, ni- in 1949, I don't know where that... Fo- I'm not even close to that. I'm about to say 2018, and I'm like, 1949? <laughs> I think I'm, like, dying. <laughs> I think it's way past our nap time. <laughs> I, fuck, man. Okay, so now in <laughs> 2018, a man named Frank Graves set out to search for the Wahila in the Nahani Valley. He was accompanied by a First Nation guide who, uh, like, knew the area. Um, Now, while they were there, they stopped to hunt. So this guide left Frank alone so he could go hunt for some birds. Um, So they set up camp and they would, like, just go out. Um, So apparently during this, Frank noticed something ahead of him and saw this massive wolf emerge from the bush ahead of him. Um, he He said, and I quote, it was basically a wolf on steroids. He ended up, yeah, he ended up shooting his shotgun at the animal and it hit the wolf and this wolf wasn't even phased. Oh my God. Yeah. The wolf was just like, it's a fucking flesh wound, bro. Like I'm fine. (laughs) Like that's crazy. Insane. Um, but it did end up turning around. Like, I don't want to deal with this guy. So I'm just going to like turn around and go back into the bush, but completely unfazed by the shot. So Frank shot it in the butt. Oh my God. Yeah. And an asshole though. (laughs) Yeah. And again, like completely unfazed. Like, did not care. Yeah. So the guide heard the shots and came back to Frank. And Frank told him what happened and what he saw. Um, Now, at the time, the guide wasn't aware that Frank knew about the Wahila. Like, he didn't know that he was there. He thought he just wanted to go explore. And he thought he was just, like, helping this guy out. Um, uh, So, again, Frank told him what he saw. And the guide said they needed to pack up and leave right now. He believed Frank saw the Wahila and he knew it wasn't safe and they had to leave and get out. That's this crazy. Was, this was in 2018. Oh, yeah. That's really recent. Yeah. I love, though, that, like, <laughs> fucking human nature is to see this, like, huge sacred animal and try to kill it. 
Yeah. Like, He's like, fuck you. I'm just going to shoot you. And the wolf's just like, all right. You would try to befriend it. Oh, fuck yeah. And I would die. <laughs> Absolutely. I would try to befriend a normal wolf and I would still die. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now the RCMP have investigated the missing persons, the murders. Um, there's been random bones that have been found. And even reports of the Wahila. And they haven't found anything suspicious that would lead all of this to be um, uh, about, like, being paranormal. Mm-hmm. But then again, cops won't just come out and be like, yeah, so guys. It was ghosts, yeah. Guys, like, <laughs> there's this fucking massive fucking legend creature out there. <laughs> yeah, and that's no, it's, explaining it. Um, I, I think I talked about it last week. I watched the Cecil Hotel documentary. And uh, that's kind of the vibe I got from this documentary is just that, like, the cops did not want to admit something was spooky. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're like, no, nothing is spooky. Nothing. It was this. <laughs> but, the, like, the weird thing to me is, like, this creature is said, like, it is known to just rip people's heads off. And yeah. there's been countless men found decapitated. And it's not like their body was ruined. They're just decapitated. Their head's missing. And that's it. And also, if it was, like, hypothetically, if it was, like, a serial killer, like, that person would eventually die. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, are they having children who then later become decapitators also? Or, like, is it just a giant wolf? <laughs> yeah. Or is, like, are people just really serious about finding this freaking gold mine? So, I, I have two theories. Uh, one, I always like to keep a spooky theory. So, my theory is that this wolf thing exists. Yeah. Um, theory two, I like I said, I think that something is protecting this gold or protecting this land, whether it be uh, the tribe that exists there or whether it be, uh, you know, like, like in the Amazon and stuff, how there's like tribes that we don't even know about or like yeah. those random islands that people live on and we know nothing about them. Like something like that. Yeah. Like there's, there's a group of something that we don't even know about in there yeah so that's my theory so land protection or just a giant wolf or they could be like working together oh. and that's like their pet oh i like that yeah because that's I would... a pretty gangster pet to have a right? giant ass wolf <laughs> look at my dire wolf asshole like, yeah big it is yeah um, i wouldn't fuck with that guy no <laughs> and like some people say that there's also um this is actually like like an actual like prehistoric animal. I can't remember the name of it. it. Starts I think it starts with an A, but it's like a wolf mixed with a grizzly bear. And like oh. the, if you Google it, the pictures are so weird. I think it looks like the weirdest animal ever, but it would be fucking creepy. And this is like this was like a real creature. Like this existed. That's crazy. It's probably a vicious creature. Yeah. So <laughs> a like a wolf and a grizzly bear. But like if this existed what's to say something along those lines doesn't exist now yeah exactly exactly so but there's also obviously so this valley this area is very difficult to get to what are you laughing at (laughs) i was gonna say i'm team jacob in this scenario oh god (laughs) who's counting our twilight references Oh my god! Oh, now I gotta go watch Twilight. Um, I was just gonna say that, poor Carl. Oh my god, this is so to- totally off topic, but it has to do with Twilight. So I was playing Call of Duty last night with Stuart, and we were playing against somebody, and his name was Spider Monkey. And all I kept oh saying was "Hold tight, Spider Monkey," and the guy was just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I'm like, "He doesn't get it." <laughs> I made Carl watch Twilight once, and he fucking forever says, you "Better hold on tight, Spider Monkey." <laughs> That's the line he's picked up on. <laughs> It's the best line in the movie. No, it's not. It's the worst line, but it's fucking hilarious. Do you remember when we wanted tattoos that said, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb? No. 
<laughs> I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Are you being serious? Because you definitely that? did. I definitely no. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I blocked out like, that. You're not suppressing this one. I've, yeah, I was like, I blocked that memory out. This is not <laughs> happening. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, sorry. Sort <laughs> <laughs> um, of yeah. the Twilight break. <laughs> I mean, it was a funny Twilight break. You guys loved it. <laughs> um so yeah this like area is very difficult to get to it's not something you just like drive up to and you're there um you hike for days to get there and a lot of people just void the area because there's been so many missing people missing planes missing everything people have also reported ufo sightings and strange lights in the area yeah um bigfoot has also been said to take up residence here so maybe they've gotten the business of decapitating people who knows it's possible yeah so that is the legend of the wahila and then the nahani valley that was cool i like that whenever i hear of places like that where it's kind of like a whole bunch of spooky weird things happen i always think that there's there's gotta be like portals or something yeah where the line between like our world and the supernatural world are like thin yeah so like the bermuda triangle the alaska triangle this place i'm sure there's more uh what was that there's place the, the ranch bridge, there's the bridgewater triangle as well that's in boston yeah yeah i was gonna I I know was, that yeah that's gonna i'm gonna talk about it but it's a big fucking story so it might be a couple parts and it's it's absolutely shit have you done a two-parter yet i've only done one it's very hard i have not (laughs) i have not done a two-parter yet well that was fun oh god my stomach just growled so loud i'm so sorry i think i heard heard it i actually think i heard that (laughs) i did that thing where i was really stressed out and i like forgot to eat today and yeah (laughs) now this bitch hungry (laughs) now i'm hungry (laughs) i had my lunch i just didn't have my afternoon snack and that makes a big difference yeah I mean, I had soup right before we talked, so that was my afternoon snack. So I feel that because my stomach's not grumbling and hers is. Mine is. Mine is. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I always think whatever. Yeah, I think it's if that many spooky things are happening, I'm changing my mind and I'm saying it's some sort of like portal sacred land type thing. Yeah, I agree. And then I also like I love wolves. So I'm like, uh, the Wahila has to exist because. Oh, I, be I would believe awesome. it. Yeah. Yeah, I would believe it um well that was fun that was a good one yeah but that's that's my story today that's it that's all we got you guys come hang out with us yeah and come make more twilight references with us um (laughs) you can find us on instagram it's a spooky hour podcast you can find us on twitter at spooky hour and you can email us at the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com because we want your spooky tales yeah (laughs) that's it (laughs) um fuck i got nothing man stay spooky yeah (laughs) See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.